Hello and welcome to the AMA Update video and podcast. Innovation, it's at the heart of healthcare. And today we're talking about the unique approach that Henry Ford Health has taken with its Innovation Institute. Joining us to discuss is the CEO of the Institute, Dr. Scott Dolchavsky in Detroit. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Dr. Dolchavsky, uh, thanks so much for being here today. Todd, it's a delight to be here and talk with you. Well, I had the pleasure of touring the Innovation Institute with you recently. I'm so excited to dive into our discussion. I found it really, really inspiring. Why don't we just start uh, for background for the audience by giving them a little bit of explanation about what the Henry Ford Innovation Institute is. Well, Todd, uh, innovation is everybody's business, and it may not just be curing cancer or having the best artificial intelligence tool. We all have to innovate to survive, and I think that everybody in our lives uh, has to do some MacGyverism, some clever way to do things better, faster, cheaper, and uh, delivering healthcare is uh, no exception to that. Well, you told a really great uh, story when we were there about why it was so important that you started the Innovation Institute. And you laid out three reasons for why it was so important to change the way that it was being done before. Can you talk about those? Yeah, the first thing is uh, everybody has an, an innovative spirit. We have 30 some thousand employees and everybody has a different job here. And uh, my hope is that they all think about ways not just to do it individually, but to do it collectively. If they come up with a clever solution, how do you uh, memorialize that and how do you pass that on to your colleagues so they can benefit from that? And that helps you at the local uh, level, but how do you get, uh, how do you scale that? And how do you get value uh, from that? And unfortunately, uh, two decades ago here at Henry Ford, Innovation, while we knew it was important, uh, there, there was no structure for that to occur. Somebody's third job and, and things like that. And I'll give you a, an unfortunate example with a, a, a company very familiar to most of us in, in healthcare that makes surgical robots. So we had a very innovative surgeon here that took the robot that was originally designed primarily to do heart surgery, and it wasn't a, the best tool for that, and he modified uh, the techniques and technologies to be able to, to do a prostatectomy. Which is, so now that's how most prostatectomies are done. So he revolutionized that field. Doctors are by nature sharers of uh, information. And so that information was obviously very much accepted by that company. And, and now that robot is sold to, to do that, but we got no value in that other than it's a great process and a procedure and the company got all the value. So now today, should we want one of those robots, we get in line like everybody else and we pay retail for for those. And there is probably a better way that we could have co-developed and partnered that, that Henry Ford itself would have gotten some value from that amazing development discovery. So uh, getting the value there, how about just in terms of who's participating, you mentioned 30,000 people working in the system. Yeah. How do you get more people involved in innovation and getting it done in a productive way? So how, how do you get uh, 
a housekeeper to think of themselves as an innovator. It's pretty easy in some of the very clever proceduralists or trying to develop the, a novel catheter, maybe a cancer researchers trying to do gene therapy to cure a, you know, a, a deadly disease. But how do you get everybody to go, boy, we're, we're part of this apparatus that values uh, innovation. You have to make it easy for them. And, and then you have to reward that behavior. And that reward doesn't necessarily to be financial, can be in that, but it often can just be recognition and development of that. And, you know, we didn't invent that concept. Uh, we're Henry Ford and we're sort of automotively initially started. And, and many of the car companies now have ways that line workers, if they come up with a better process, they, they derive some value uh, from that. And so I think part of it is making it easy for those people to see, is there value in this? Is it novel? Maybe it's patentable. Maybe it's commercializable. And maybe it's extensible beyond the health system. Those are all really important, but having the right structures in place that everybody knows it's not Bolchevsky's Innovation Institute, it's ours. And so how does everybody go, I want to play in, in that uh, healthcare arena? One of the best comments I ever heard about our Innovation Institute was from a nurse who came in and was struggling with how to get a complex patient out of bed that has all kinds of stuff hanging out of and a big patient. And that takes five people at least, and it's tough work. And so she came down to an ideation session at Innovation. We had a, you know, all kinds of folks involved in that multidisciplinary. And at the end of the day, they came up with this unique walker that now we have commercialized. And that, that allows one person to do that easier. And she said at the end of that, not that she may or may not get some money from that, but she said, this has been the best day I've ever had at work. And I think it was twofold. One was we, you know, we empathize, well, wow, that's tough. We empathize with your struggles. And secondly, we're here to help. Uh, and that, that help actually is extensible beyond Helen Ford. It's just a wonderful bonus. Wow, what a great story. Um, and you know, you provide then really the infrastructure to do the things you kind of went through really fast, which right. is like, is that a novel idea? Is it something you know we can patent? How would we build a model of what that might look like? Uh, so you have the infrastructure to do that uh, in the Innovation Institute to turn those needs, like you just outlined, into something real that can be commercialized. Um, and again. I think you've taken this idea beyond the Henry Ford community and out into the rest of the community in Detroit. Uh, and you have a great story about that, uh, about a surgical gown that you have on display. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, we, uh, we, we got a lot of press about that. This was a shock to me. I thought it was a little bit of a silly idea, but uh, they, they thankfully proved me wrong. So I'm a big proponent of getting uh, dissimilar people together to share uh, potential solutions to a, to a problem. So in Detroit here, we have the College of Creative Studies, and it's one of the handful of similar ones. There's been one in SCAD in South Carolina, there's FIT in, in New York, LA has one in, in the College of Creative Studies, and there are a lot of art type stuff and design-centered thinking, and so we had some of their students, and we just embedded them here, and we with no agenda. So just have a look at how we do things and come up with some solutions. And I thought they'd 
be focused on wellness or what color paint you do a room or how you'd make a lounge or something like that. And they were intrigued by the current hospital gowns. And they saw patients walking around like everywhere in our country with their butts hanging out. And they looked and they said, you, you got to be kidding. This, this is the best you can do. And so we said, well, you know, that's the way we've always done it. And we're used to it. And patients, you know, they, they don't like it, but they tolerate it. And so they started iterating on what would be the ideal hospital gown. And so what are the parameters? So it's got to fulfill the functional. It's got to do what it, it's got to cover you. It's got to be accessible. It's got to fight infections. It's got to be launderable and things like that. But how can we give you dignity in this? How can we give you a pocket for God's sakes? How can we make it uh, that patients actually want to wear this darn thing and so 17 iterations later and lots of inputs from patients they came up with this gown uh, and it had lapels on it because they thought that that was important for a dignity it had a pocket it had access for us doctor types and that and so we we and we work through how it's x-rayable and and how you can launder these darn things with a thousand others and stuff like that and we had a local manufacturer carhartt uh, ran our first uh, production uh, of those. And then we said, well, we, I, maybe we should try them. And so we did, we did a failed trial in our patients because as we went to the wards and you were, you were selected to have standard patient gown or the, the fancy one and that there were near riots on the floor in that. So we, we had to stop the trial for safety reasons because uh, <laughs> There was nobody signing up for for plan plan A on that one. So we thought, you know, we didn't get a paper out of that, but we we certainly got an, an answer and a solution. So subsequently, we don't make gowns here. You know, we use them. And so we have now passed on the licensing of that uh, to Medline. And so you can you can buy these things. So uh, uh, I think that that was a and I thought, oh, that's a good thing to do. And, you know, maybe it'll make our patients comfortable, but it was it was like wildly successful. So I, I, I'm thankful they proved me wrong. What a great example, again, of innovation and improving the patient experience and kind of out of left field on that one. Medicine doesn't stand still and neither do we. AMA members don't just keep up with medicine, they shape its future. Help move medicine, join the movement. Visit ama-assn.org slash movingmedicine. So we talked about getting uh, value for the system, for the contribution that you're making to innovations like this, expanding the number of people involved and supporting them with the infrastructure to turn an idea into an innovation. And then finally, I think one of the other things that you pointed out was really looking at uh, an enterprise approach because you've got all sorts of people working on maybe the same thing, just in different places that don't have the view that you do. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, I'm gonna go even broader than, uh, I'll answer your question, then I'll go even even broader uh, broader than that. I'm a firm, firm proponent of do the right thing. And so sometimes that right thing is gonna cost you money to do, and you should do it. Sometimes like this gown, you, you may, it may be, uh, commercially successful and that's that's a bonus that that shouldn't be your your primary uh, driver on this but then i think a lot of people don't realize the value that they've done to create their own solutions so, and i'll give you two examples uh, one uh, it has to do with our 
Heart Smart Recipes. Now, I didn't know this. Henry Ford, I, I you know, discovered these or, or developed those, and we use them for our patients here. But then we started to look, wow, that, that's pretty novel, should be commercialized that. So we packaged that, and now you can, you can buy these darn things and that. And so we now sell these internationally. So if you go to a hospital in India, more likely than not, there'll be a heart smart option on there. They license it for a few rupees in that. And it's the right thing to do in that. We, we make a, a little bit of a revenue stream on that. Or there's one that uh, was very commercial, uh, very financially successful with it. I'm I'm proud of that. I'm more proud of what it does. Is it's called it's called Dromos Specialty Pharma, and there's some really expensive drugs that we give people. Those biologic agents they're used for you know certain orphan diseases and other things, and that boy they're tough to manage. They are super expensive, tens of thousands of dollars for an individual dose. So the pharmacy spent a lot of effort, time, and money to figure out a way to manage that really appropriately. And we use that here in that. But we looked at it and went, wow, there's value beyond Henry Ford for this. And the pharmacy folks just did it to do the right thing for the right patients and for their employees. So we now uh, took that to an external partner. And now it's going across, I think it's in 50 or 60 uh, health systems now. And that did help manage these very complicated and costly medicines. So I think that's a wonderful success. Uh, again, great examples of innovation and then how to uh, derive value from that and export such great ideas uh, across medicine. So you've gone to uh, all of this, uh, all this work to basically enable uh, an in innovation kind of spirit and enterprise across Henry Ford. Now that you've got those things in place, I'm curious, what is kind of the one barrier that you faced in trying to innovate, even given uh, all of these different ways that you've tried to approach it? How'd you, and how'd you overcome that? Well, let me tell you, I'll go back to the, to the hospital gowns. So part of it is just, a, a, I guess, a, a lack of vision. Uh, so I never thought to re-innovate a gown. It's the way we always do things where we can be sort of uh, slow, slow movers and late adopters in medicine. We're, we're by nature appropriately cautious. Fail fast while a great mantra in innovation ain't so good in, in medicine. We like tried and true solutions. So I think part of it is just moving cheese of people who are used to doing uh, things in, in a certain way. But I think having some real successes uh, in that, like that walker or the gown or some of the other things that we have done that actually make life easier for patients and importantly, our staff uh, as well, independent of where, what the finances are. And I think it's really important. Uh, so choosing some early wins and broadcasting those and celebrating people that helped in that success. I'm, I'm not that clever guy here. I'm the guy that helps manage uh, things that move through here and maybe help with the structure of that. But having uh, all of these solution makers that are in your health system have a voice and have a format that that voice goes to action, I think is critically important. I love that. Uh, again, such an important thing that you see time and time again is the momentum that comes from, from wins. Uh, and uh, getting more people on board because of that. Uh, as you look to the future, are there any areas or technologies that the Innovation Institute is focused on for exploring next? 
Well, there, yeah, whole, we're all uh, trying to grapple with uh, artificial intelligence and big data management and all the potential solutions of that. But I, I, I guess I want to focus on our Innovation uh, Institute is not a group of really smart people solving problems. It is a group of people reaching out to an ever increasing uh, group of even more clever people to try and develop these. So we don't, we don't look just to Henry Ford. We don't look just to the US. We look to our planet for solutions. So when we all have these wicked healthcare problems that we're all trying to get through, we reach globally. So I'm in Israel every month because their innovation ecosystem is on fire. And so we've had seven or eight challenges there, looking at everything from workplace violence to uh, preventable infections to a variety of other things. In that, we've done challenges with Google and with Ford Motor Company and Premier and others, trying to get uh, thousands of people to be thinking about how we might solve that. And then we're the learning laboratory in a big healthcare system of taking these half-baked uh, half solutions uh, in that and making them commercially appropriate and uh, able to work in a complex healthcare system. I think that's the future of getting all of us engaged in these wicked problems that keep all of us up at night as it relates to delivery of healthcare. Well, we got a lot of problems, so we're counting on you. You got a lot of work to do, so keep that going. Uh, Dr. Diltavsky, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to tell us about your work. I had so much fun uh, being with the AMA team at Henry Ford and seeing the work that you're doing. Uh, keep it up. Uh, that wraps up today's episode. We'll be back soon with another AMA update. In the meantime, you can find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Please take care.